Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Alliance Defending Freedom, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. And Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their banners to visit their websites. And now here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Back with another week of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with all of the guys, John and Roger, Neil, myself, Bob. Guys, how are you? Great. Doing great, Bob. Great. Well, Thank you. that's great to hear. Obviously, we're doing a lot better than the people in East Palestine, Ohio, have been doing for the last Back. couple of weeks or so. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the, the fallout from that is still continuing to happen right now. And so this week, we're going to go ahead and explore all of the different aspects around this this really emergency that has happened there. How serious of this? What might the long-term effects of this be? But then also the handling of this. Uh, FEMA, Pete Buttigieg, the Biden administration, how serious of an issue? Uh, how seriously have they taken this? Have they taken it seriously enough? And what about the people there? The EPA, the latest latest information is that the EPA are are advising children not to go swimming in the lakes or streams. Well, okay, but the water's safe to drink. So to to me, I can't help but wonder, much like after 9-11, we started seeing the amount of people that were unfortunately getting cancer years later. I can't help but wonder what's going to happen to those folks five, ten years from now. Are we going to see some serious cancer numbers? How uh, how big is the the level of toxicity that they're experiencing? So this is potentially a very huge situation that I I think we've all watched kind of be swept under the rug. And then I contrast this with you remember Hurricane Katrina when Katrina happened. What did we hear repeatedly? Oh, George Bush and his FEMA dropped the ball in this case. Never mind the fact that the Democrat mayor is the one who didn't release those buses, didn't take action. The Democrat governor didn't take action that they should have. So what the press did was let's just start at the bottom and work our way up until we run out of Democrats. As soon as we get to a Republican, that's where the blame went. And all we heard was he didn't care about black people or whatever. Uh, Then, of course, the Flint, Michigan water crisis that happened there. Very same principle. It's not the Democrat mayor. No, work yourself up to the first Republican. It happened to be the Republican governor at the time. And so that's where the scandal lied. Then we look at East Palestine, and it's just been amazing to me to see the lackadaisical response to this whole thing. And then FEMA spending two weeks going, well, that's not our job. It's not our jurisdiction. Until finally they're shamed and pressured into taking some kind of an action here. So there are a lot of things to examine and explore, and I've got to imagine there's going to be some lawsuits coming forward from people there. And part of me is wondering whether we need to maybe even have, dare I say, congressional investigations into this too, even though we seem to be congressionally investigating everything, but a lot of it needs to be investigated. So there's a lot to unpack about what's going on there. And John, maybe I can start with you. John Rush, of course, rushed reason out of Denver, Colorado. Uh, when we look at East Palestine, Ohio, and what's happened there, how big of an issue do you think this is? Are those of us that are conservatives blowing it up out of proportion? No. Okay, no, what's your huge. take on all of this? 
the studying that I've done, and I've watched several different videos and experts on this over the past, you know, couple of weeks, because it's just it's it's devastating. This is a hundred year event. I don't think people really realize how long this is going to last. But this will end up being a super fund cleanup site if it if it you know, should already be probably at this point in time, but it will be eventually, I'm sure, just like some other sites across the country have been. Vinyl chloride does not break down. It's one of the few petroleum products that does not break down in the environment. So bacteria, things like that, cannot you know, eat it away like oil spills and other things along those lines where it can actually be absorbed back into the environment. Vinyl chloride does not do that. It will be with those people from this point forward. It's never going away. It's devastating. I feel sorry for all the people that live there. This is going to be something that lasts for a very, very... It'll, it'll outlast our lifetimes, guys. Oh, my. And, of course, this is in their systems already. It's in their kids' right. systems That's already. Right. So now it, do you, I'm turning you into a medical doctor now, but how does this end up manifesting itself? Do they just feel oh, sickly or, or do they end up getting cancer from this? I'm um, guessing that uh, the vinyl chloride is a carcinogen, but I don't it know. It is a carcinogen. And it, it, to your point, Bob, yes, it causes all sorts of uh, <sighs> you know down-the-road problems, uh, everything from – you know, brain issues to cancers to, you know, uh, lung issues, blood cancers, liver issues. I mean, you can go down the list. I mean, uh, these things are, th- this is, this is not any kind of a small event like the EPA and even, even the, you know, Buttigieg and his team have made this out to be. This is a major, major deal. And then, you know, so many things we could talk about as far as the FUBAs that happened with, you know, even burning the rest of it off and just stupid things that they did in all of this. I mean, this has to be one of the biggest um, uh, mismanaged events that I think we've ever seen, probably outside of 9-11. Hmm. Wow. Uh, let's take it over to Neil Boron. Neil Boron live out of Buffalo, New York. And, you know, Neil, I, I've got to imagine, as I mentioned before, there there have to be lawsuits that will be coming from this, certainly, and I think rightfully so, because it, th- these people of East Palestine, I understand that mistakes happen. Okay. And so the the train system, the rail system, uh, the bearing was bad or something. And so, okay, there's no doubt that the corporation itself is going to end up being sued. But it seems to me that there are some basic rights of these people there as far as government and governmental response and how how slowly the response was toward this. It seems to me that they've got a real grievance against our country too. Yeah, I would agree. And I think it's as bad or worse than John was describing earlier. I mean, none of us are chemists or scientists. We're talk show hosts. But um, the reality is government and even corporations don't have a very good track record of advocating on behalf of the little guy. You know, um, I think of the Aaron Brockovich situation. I actually grew up in what's called the town of Tonawanda, just north of Buffalo. It's about 15 miles from the Love Canal. So, I mean, you know, we knew people that lived in Love Canal that whose lives were tremendously impacted. And I think we're going to see the same kind of thing. And you're talking about long-term effects, you know, people living with various sorts of cancer, um, inability of women to reproduce, you know, affecting gestation and all that kind of stuff. So who knows where this is all headed. But it, what it reminds me of, honestly, is the fact that Sometimes the little guy gets left in the dust. And if you don't mind, I just want to mention, it's one of the reasons I'm so grateful for our sponsor, Alliance Defending Freedom. Because, you know, when it comes to some kind of an issue related to the little guy, it's nice to know that somebody's got your back. And I'm thinking, I just was reading an article this week about a guy named Andrew Fox, who's a firefighter chaplain in Austin and has worked, you know, exemplary 
with an exemplary style for the last eight years, serving these people, loving on these people, uh, working with all kinds of people, men and women, old and young, who work as firefighters, even members of the LGBTQ um, community. And he was honored for his service. But here's, here's a guy who now is being accused of male chauvinism and racism and transphobia. Well, what did he do? What hateful thing did he do? On his personal blog, apart from his work as a chaplain, he dared to say that he thinks uh, biological males shouldn't compete in women's sports. It really, and this is not something he did to anybody. It's something he personally believes. But ultimately, uh, all hell has broken loose, and the system is coming down on him. He lost his job as a chaplain, um, was struggling to find any kind of assistance whatsoever until somebody suggested that he contact Alliance Defending Freedom, and thank God that he did because they're now taking up his case in federal district court and advocating on behalf of his First Amendment right to share his personal religious views on his personal blog. Uh, Kelly Howard, who's a Alliance Defense Fund legal counsel, said that he went above and beyond you know, being understanding and serving others, but that wasn't enough because he didn't compromise his personal beliefs. Well, I'm just thinking about that for a second. I'm thinking about the people of East Palestine who don't feel like anybody's advocating on their behalf. But when it's a freedom of religion issue, freedom of speech issue, who's going to stand up for us? Because we're talking about David and Goliath here. So thank God for Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, they've won 14 victories at the U.S. Supreme Court since 2011 and 80% of the cases they ever took on. So uh, just understand, this is a group. I mean, they're one of our regular weekly sponsors, and they take every case pro bono. I mean, there's never a dime... Um, for anybody like Andrew Fox to have to pay out his own pocket to try to defend himself. So I would say in the midst of our conversation today, let's just remember to give uh, and support groups like Alliance Defending Freedom. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. You can find out more there. Just click on the banner or you can call 877-367-6461. That's 877-367-6461 or go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. But my, my you know thought here is there's going to be talk about what government officials should or shouldn't have done, what FEMA should or shouldn't have done, the whole Biden-Trump argument. Was it something left over from the Trump administration? Is it Biden's fault? Is it Pete Buttigieg's fault? What about the people of East Palestine? Who's going to advocate for them? Right. And that's that's ultimately, you know, what I'm concerned about. Right. And understandably so. And, and I'll tell you what, it's we're very appreciative, certainly, of organizations like ADF that, of course, sponsor this uh, this podcast that we do. And we just want to remind everybody, when you hear us mentioning uh, these sponsors to this podcast, uh, take advantage of the services that they offer. One of them you hear us talking about all the time is preborn as well. And I just want to remind everybody uh, also that when we think about lives, you know, these East Palestinian people, these are real lives, okay? There are women there that uh, are pregnant. This could affect their babies. And, and so as believers in Christ, we care, obviously, about saving babies' lives. Preborn is a great way to do that. You hear us talking about it all the time. And here's how simple it is. If you will give to preborn $280, everybody, 280 bucks, you know you're going to save 10 babies' lives? You will literally stop 10 abortions. That's because preborn shows ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms. They do this at pro-life centers all across the country. And those moms choose life when they see a picture of their baby. They choose life 85% of the time. You know what else happens? They end up accepting Jesus as a savior too by the thousands across the country every year. But it takes money to do this. So $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion. That's why we're asking you for $280 one time. 
and you'll be responsible for stopping 10 abortions. What do you say? Now, if you could do more than that, do more. We have some that do 2,800 and you can save 100 babies' lives. Uh, Whatever amount you can afford to do, here's how easy it is. Just go to crawfordmediagroup.net. That's crawfordmediagroup.net. Click on the preborn tab and you can give right there. Every penny that you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. So crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn. And if you want to give over the phone, you can call right now, 833-850-BABY. And the answer to the phone is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So you can call right now, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. And we appreciate you folks doing that. As we continue talking about East Palestine and what uh, what happened there. And, you know, Roger, I want to bring you into this. Roger Marsh, of course, the bottom line from the People's Republic of California. Uh, I can't help but think about how slow the reaction was to the people in East Palestine. Uh, for example, Pete Buttigieg. Now, this happened on February 3rd. It was February 13th, 10 years later, that the Department of – that the Secretary of Transportation even made his first comments about this. And it took him 20 days to even go there, to get on site, nearly three weeks. Uh, The former president of the United States got there quicker than the Secretary of Transportation did. And I know, Roger, I know this sounds cynical, but I can't help but wonder – What if this were the other way around? What if this were a Republican administration instead of a Democrat administration? What if the Secretary of Transportation were a born-again believer in Christ who's a conservative Republican instead of a liberal left-wing openly gay man? And what if instead of East Palestine, Ohio, which is 98% white and went 71% for Donald Trump in the last election – What if it was the inner city of a city somewhere and it was overwhelmingly black, overwhelmingly Democrat? What would we be hearing in the media and what level of outrage would there be all across the country that would be on the top of everybody's mind in this entire nation? The whole country would come to a stop to figure out how this could happen the way that they did with Katrina. But that doesn't seem to be the case here, Roger. No, it certainly doesn't. And part of the problem, of course, is the way it's reported. I mean, they were on average. It's interesting how the uh, National Traffic Highway Traffic Safety you know, Board reports these things in the first place, because if you try to figure out the average number, I mean, PBS was out, you know, right away. Well, you know, there's 1700 uh, train derailments every year. So this is just one more, you know, trying to make it like it's no big deal. But when you consider the number of train derailments that happen that involve passengers, you know, real people, as opposed to these cargo trains, I mean, on average, about 175 people are injured in a train wreck every year. And part of the reason why is they take a 30 year average of how these, these numbers are calculated total it all up, divide by 30. There was one train derailment in 2002 that had like 1,400 people. That sends the spike way up. The vast majority of these cases involve cargo trains. The vast majority of these cargo trains are carrying stuff that is precious cargo, as John mentioned. I mean, with the the chloride and and you're talking coal and all sorts of things that are environmental hazards. And why the eco-terrorists aren't among us, aren't out there, you know, demanding justice and this, that, and the other thing. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, I think of the the FEMA thing you mentioned, uh, Ray Nagan, 
earlier, the mayor of uh, New Orleans at the time of Katrina, and then Kathleen Blanco, the governor. I mean, these are two people who, quite frankly, they called off FEMA ahead of time. They knew Katrina was coming. They knew the levees had a chance of overflowing. And they said, we're good, we're good, we're fine. And then, of course, when the levees broke and the flooding took off, all of a sudden, where somebody do something? Where's George Bush? Well, where's George right. Bush? You guys were responsible for getting the, the ball rolling here. And I doubt seriously that the people in Palestine, the governor of Ohio, were not saying, hey, we've got to do something and trying to activate FEMA and trying to get that going. And where's the Department of Where's the Secretary of Department of Transportation? He's on vacation. I mean, come mm-hmm. on, I'm not buying this at all, Bob. I think your points are spot on, and there's no there's no conspiracy involved in that whatsoever. I mean, that's right. that you're you're speaking truth. You know, one thing I did think about though, and this is kind of awkward to talk about, but I mean, there is the economic reality. I mean, there are a lot of yeah. people who are invested in companies and they've got their life savings in a, you know, a rail company or you know some kind of you know commodity, and they're watching their stock just plunge. And I'm very grateful the partnership that I've been able to establish with Dennis Wilson over the years, because one of the things that Dennis specializes in is alternatives to the market, alternatives to the stock market or the certificate of deposit that you put in the bank. And he's found ways, very creative ways over the past 50 years to find ways to protect your wealth so that when something like this happens, it's a blip on the radar for you. You don't have to worry about losing any money. You see slow, steady growth that provides way better benefits than what you find in a bank CD alternative, for example, or a real estate investment trust. And I'm grateful that Dennis is a part of what we're doing here uh, at National Crawford Roundtable. Uh, WilsonDeffNational.com is linked up at CrawfordMediaGroup.net, um, 800-696-9970. This is one of those times where, again, as you see the the human loss and you see the tragedy and the long-term ramifications that are going to wreak havoc in certain areas. This is one of those things where you don't want to have to be watching the news every day and thinking, oh, those poor people and oh gosh, what's happening to my investments? You know, what what's happening to that company that right. I invested in that might be damaged by something like this? And Dennis provides those those alternatives that literally give you that peace of mind, good, godly ways of doing things, coming up with uh, alternatives for your financial investments. So I'm grateful that Dennis is a part of what we do along with Alliance Defending Freedom and Preborn. It's a great time to uh, take a look at what Dennis has to offer because this is the type of scenario that could be worst case. I mean, there are people who are looking at potentially losing life savings in the economic market that we're in with a 20% drop off in the stock market last year. And it's going to go down even more this year. Uh, Mm. It's a good time to shore up your finances. And Dennis is the guy to do it. Uh, it, it, It's fantastic too, because you think about it. uh, Yes. People are losing their, their finances, their, their financial life going down the tubes. And unfortunately, we may see people losing their their physical lives as well as a result of this. It's a serious right. thing. And by the way, let me ask you, John John Rush, of course, rushed reason out of Denver, Colorado. You know, when I think about the FEMA thing, though, this is really this is really infuriating because FEMA, as you know, John, for two weeks they were like, "Well, this isn't our job. This doesn't classify as our type of emergency." However, what does classify to FEMA to Joe Biden's FEMA as an emergency? are providing the needs for illegal immigrants. Because when when Florida, when Ron DeSantis or in Texas, Greg Abbott, when they would bus illegal immigrants to D.C. or to New York or some of these Democrat cities, do you know the FEMA 
was there ready to receive them right off the bus. It's like you get off the bus. Okay, we're going to make sure that your emergency needs are met. We're going to pay for hotel rooms for you. And here's food and clothing and blankets and supplies and everything else. Meanwhile, the people in East Palestine, they're having to pay out of their own pockets for hotels because FEMA's like, oh, well, that's not really. It doesn't classify as a FEMA-type emergency. Uh, I find it disgusting that illegal immigrants can have their emergency needs taken care of by FEMA, but United States citizens in East Palestine, Ohio, who happen to be overwhelmingly MAGA country conservatives and many of them Christians, they didn't qualify for FEMA for the first two weeks. People ought to be outraged over that. Of course, we're hearing nothing about it from the press. Well, and I think Roger said it you know, earlier as well. You know, there's, there's a lack of outrage on a lot of levels. And to your point earlier, Bob, it, you know, it almost makes it sound like we as conservatives are the only ones outraged over this. Where's all of the, you know, I'll just say it, the tree-hugging environmentalists that, yeah. that you know, stand against this stuff and even stand on train tracks to make sure these things don't even go down the tracks in the first place? Where are all these people? It, it's crickets. They're not out there. And to your point, you know, FEMA... You know, FEMA just really sitting on their 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 hind end, if you would. Sorry, I don't know what else to say it. Just sitting around on their hands, basically, I guess, waiting to be told what to go do and not being out there, you know, front and center, which they should have been. The other thing that I think is, is really ironic is the fact that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but but did not Donald Trump show up prior to a Pete Buttigieg? Yep. Uh, as a matter of fact, Pete Buttigieg had did not have on his schedule that he was going out there at all. And then Trump announced that Trump was going out there and Buttigieg showed up the next day. And by the way, <laughs> the and by the way for everybody Trump. listening, just so you know, uh, Trump also showed up with all sorts of bottled water and goods and things to actually help the people out of his own pocket. Semi-truckloads. Semi-truckloads semi of right. food. That's right. Semi-truckloads right. of food, uh, supplies, bottled water. And you're right, John, paid for out of his own pocket. Yep. You'd think right. that would at least be acknowledged. Mayor Pete and FEMA are nowhere to be found at that point. I know. It... it, it it, it really it, is. It, it's just saddening, guys. I'm sorry. I don't know how else to say it. I really feel sorry for those people. And what I really feel the most sorry for, and I actually, you know, I'm not a big Rosie O'Donnell fan, but I actually watched a commentary that she had on this, and she mm-hmm. was spot on. Basically, what she said was, you know, I feel sorry for the people that live there that have no ability ability to leave. They can't move. You know, their entire livelihood is there. You know, their roots are there. They don't have the money even to pick up and leave. They are stuck there no matter what. Those are the people, and I agree with her, those are the people that I really feel sorry for they would be better served if they could go down to mexico and then come into the united states illegally yes they They would would. be better served by the government under the biden administration and in my honest opinion i I think neil i i think this is a scandal I, i really do for the u.s government to treat united states citizens this way when, when something this devastating has happened, these people are going to be getting cancer. You're going to be having children that, that develop health problems, serious health problems, potential cerebral palsy, herbs palsy, things like this. I mean, this is a very real thing happening to United States citizens. And I understand things happen. Okay, the the uh, Norfolk Southern Railway. Okay, lawsuits against him, absolutely. But for the United States government to, in essence, say, 
You're just not on our radar screen. You're the wrong and really, and really color. Quick, Bob, let me let me interrupt. It's not yeah. the United States government. It's the Biden administration. That's and right. Doing this because of the fact that this is a very very red area that voted for Trump. That's my question. Also, that's right. I don't think there's a political benefit for the Biden administration at all because it's 98 percent white, so that doesn't benefit them politically. They went 71 29 for Donald Trump over Joe Biden, so that certainly doesn't help them politically. This is in essence. MAGA country. This is a bunch of conservative Christians who supported Donald Trump that are mostly white. And so therefore, we just don't care about you. And I just I find it disgusting that this is what the Biden administration, how the Biden administration, Neil, is running the United States government. And it just seems like there ought to be some outrage on this. And Republicans control the House. They need to do something about this. I know we have hearings about everything right now, investigative hearings on everything. So you know what? Let's add one more because it's not acceptable. Well, why not have a hearing? Because if we do it on everything, why would this be the one thing we're not going to investigate? You guys are 100% right. Um, Where is FEMA on this? Um, Actually, what is Norfolk Southern going to do? I mean, as a railway company, they have some explaining to do because obviously there was an overheated wheel bearing that came into question. Um, Apparently, they check these things every couple of miles, and this thing was outside the range of what was acceptable. So why did they continue driving that train? Why didn't it come to a stop? Why wasn't it investigated? There's a whole bunch of people that have a whole bunch of uh, questions to answer, and I think the only way that's ever going to happen is if Congress forces the issue. So I think the House Republicans have a responsibility to make a big deal out of it. I, I honestly feel like some of the things that they do are kind of trivial at times. I'm not talking about just the House Republicans, but Democrats as well. Some of the investigations they've done over the years are kind of trivial, but this is talking about people's lives. You're talking about birth defects or the inability of people to have children. Who knows what the ramifications would be long-term, and even for people who were downwind of that. I mean, we were getting reports here in western New York State that you know anything that had been over East Palestine the day before was now over top of western New York. And the question was, is our water safe? I mean, so who knows about those kind of things? But I also think, and I want to throw this in there, this is a tremendous opportunity for people to pray for the people of East Palestine, and I'm not copping out on this. I'm saying in these kinds of situations, this is an opportunity for the Church of Jesus Christ to step up, and who knows, maybe people in neighboring communities can come and help spread the love of Christ to people that are really terrified right now about what the future looks like. Absolutely. And by the way, if you're wondering about, has this made it to New York? Well, First of all, for these fumes to make it to New York, it's got to pass over a little area called Detroit, too. So I'm yeah, kind of wondering exactly. the same thing. Uh, so, oh, I know. Well, we've got a lot more to talk about this in the second half. We're going to talk about also the the claims by the media that this was Donald Trump's deregulation that caused this. And, oh, boy. So we got a lot more to unpack as we discuss the East Palestine situation. Uh, and we also want to remind everybody, too, if if you gave to Preborn already, we thank you for doing that. We really do. We've had a lot of our listeners to the podcast that have been donating to Preborn, saving babies' lives. And so thank you so much for that. You know what a blessing this is. To everybody else listening to us right now, would you prayerfully consider joining? Would you join the crowd and just give something to Preborn, have some skin in the game? Remember, this is actually really saving babies' lives. Preborn, this is the main group that shows ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms all across the country in pro-life centers. This is what makes these moms choose life. But it takes money to do this. $28 saves one baby's life. $280 will save 10 babies' lives. Can you give 280 If you can only do half that, do 140 and you'll save five babies' lives. If you can do 
10 times that, do 2,800, save 100 babies' lives. But whatever you can do, we need you right now to go to crawfordmediagroup.net and click on the preborn tab, and you can give right there. 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. So crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn, or you can give over the phone. They answer the phones 24-7, so you can call right now, 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. Uh, also, you can listen to the second half of this podcast on your regular radio station. Now, if your radio station doesn't play the second half right now, go to your radio station's website, look at their program guide, and you can see sometimes they play the second half at a different time. Or you can just listen to us online, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you listen to podcasts, certainly CrawfordMediaGroup.net. We've got them all right there, and you can listen to us there. You can also watch video of this podcast at MyHopeNow.com. And the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast coming up next. This has been a Crawford Media Group production. Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with all of the guys, Neil Boron, Neil Boron live out of Buffalo, New York, Roger Marsh of the bottom line from the People's Republic of California, John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado, myself, Bob Duco, the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. We're talking about all things surrounding East Palestine, Ohio, and the train derailment there, the way the Biden administration has treated these citizens as second-class citizens, not taking the kind of emergency measures that they should have been taking immediately. And let's not kid ourselves. There's no political benefit to the Bidens to to the Biden administration to help those people out. This is MAGA country, overwhelmingly Christian and conservative. They went 71-29 for Trump over Biden in the last election. It's 98% white. And to have FEMA spend two weeks going, well, you know, it's not really our responsibility. That's not really our type of emergency uh, is just inexcusable. But it's also been borderline laughable watching the liberal left try to figure out how to somehow, some way, point the finger at Donald Trump for this. Uh, Pete Buttigieg uh, trying to imply that this was Trump's fault, saying, well, you know, he deregulated these braking systems, and so we're just trying to do the best we can with what we're able to do. Uh, and watching these, these liberals and some media pundits make this claim is so over-the-top dishonest. So here's a little bit of fact-checking. These special electronic brakes that Donald Trump deregulated in 2018 – Trump went off of the research from the Government Accountability Office, the GAO, back in 2015 under the Biden or under the Obama administration that determined these brakes are just not cost effective. They're way too expensive and they don't really serve enough of a purpose to make it worthwhile. And so therefore the recommendation was they're just not worth it. Well, Barack Obama, of course, he doesn't mind spending the money for this, but Donald Trump, when he gets in office, says, you know what? It's not cost effective. There's no reason for us to have these braking systems. So, of course, he deregulated them, which is the right thing to do. Turns out the train that derailed in Ohio didn't even qualify for this kind of braking system. If Trump did not deregulate these, that train wreck still would have happened. It had absolutely nothing to do with the kind of brakes that Trump derailed. And as a matter of fact, the Washington Post, who we know hates Trump with a passion, the Washington Post actually did a deep dive into this and examined every single 
deregulation that Donald Trump enacted, which were a lot of them, and even the Washington Post was forced to admit this week we cannot come up with one single deregulation of Donald Trump's that would have any bearing whatsoever on that train derailment in East Palestine. So this is just one big flat-out lie from the left, not to mention the fact that if this was so serious to have these breaks uh, regulated again, why didn't Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg do this over the last two years? They had an opportunity to do it. They chose not to do it. So it's just a bunch of baloney argument. But once again, it's like, hey, anything we can do to try to smear Donald Trump John Rush, looks like that's what they're going to do. And you would think some liberals, John, would be embarrassed yep. watching watching them trying to somehow point the finger at Trump regarding this. Yep. And, and your point, or you know, you just made a moment ago, uh, you know, Bob, is the fact that if this was such a big deal, this this uh, regulation, if you would, on the, the actual braking system, and we don't want to get into all the details, but essentially it's sort of an electronic automatic braking system for certain right. type of train cars, certain carrying certain type of loads, and to your point, this didn't even qualify for that. Uh, but to your point, if they really felt like that was a huge need, in fact, why isn't it there today? Why haven't they enacted that even today? They still haven't done that end of things. And the and again, to your point, the problem is the cost-benefit, it just isn't there. It just doesn't make sense. Now, you know, personally, do I see some fault in the railways themselves. I know some folks that work inside of the railways, and I'll just give you guys a little insight. Problem is, they are putting profits over a lot of other things in the railways right now. They are cutting back on people. There's not enough people running the trains themselves. There's a lot of inadequacies, if you would, inside of the railways right now. And the reality is, to me, that's what needs to be investigated and looked at, because these guys are literally, I don't say this very often, because you guys know my feelings on just business and capitalism and so on, but this is one of those situations where they are putting profits over everything else right now. What in the world is going on in the world today? We got John Rush who's saying we need some more government oversight into <laughs> into private business. John, anything's possible. Well, when did yeah. you go to the dark side? How did that happen? Uh, you know what's interesting, also, and Neil, I want to toss this over to you. Uh, I think about the environmentalists. I think it was John that mentioned this in the last half hour about the environmentalists, you know, where are they? Why aren't the tree huggers out there making an issue out of this? But if you stop and think about something, the Keystone pi- the Keystone XL pipeline, this was canceled by Biden. Biden was appeasing the AOC, Green New Deal, Greta Thunberg crowd, uh, saying we, we can't be transporting oil through these pipelines. But here's what people don't realize. The pipelines themselves, we have to transport oil from point A to point B somehow. We don't have a Star Trek beaming device where we can beam the oil from point A to point B. So it has to physically be transported somehow. The pipelines are a much safer way to transport them because there's shutoff valves everywhere. So if a pipe does burst somewhere, they shut off the valve before it and they get it fixed up and then they they start it back again. However, train derailing, if you don't run oil through a pipeline, Neil, then you're running it on trains mostly. Well, guess what? Trains derail all the time, as the liberals have been saying. We got 1,700 train derailings a year. And the environmentalists are saying, because we're so upset about the possibility of some worm getting covered in oil, that we have to cancel the Keystone Pipeline. The alternative is, then fine, let's transport more oil from Canada down to Texas through trains, trains that we see derailing all the time. So I, I just it blows my mind, Neil, the entire lack of logic. Nobody's 
even doing any kind of intellectual scrutiny of the arguments that the left is using here, uh, let alone trying to point the finger at Trump. It's just it's it's laughably absurd and embarrassing what they're reaching for on the left. Yeah, and kudos to the Washington Post for tracking down that story on the braking system because you yeah. rarely see that kind of thing with the liberal progressive you know media and their partnership with the Democratic Party. It seems so. Um, and, and by the way, the seventeen hundred you know derailments a year averages about one hundred and forty-two derailments a month, which is not to say that what happened in East Palestine as uh, East Palestine is a little thing. It's a huge thing. Um, but but the reality is these kinds of events are bound to happen. So if you're transporting oil um, using trains all across America, you're going to see environmental disasters. And why uh, why they want to focus you know, on the pipeline as opposed to trains really, I think, just comes down to optics. They need to have something to, to raise the red flag on. And usually it's Donald Trump. I mean, that, yeah. that's the other thing. Throwing his name in the mix, whether he has anything to do with this at all, and you guys already indicated, you know, it's ludicrous to try to say that, that what Donald Trump was doing by deregulating some of this stuff related to transportation and other issues, you know, is the reason all of this happened. It's just optics. Once you get the name out there, people say, oh, okay, I see. It was a Donald Trump issue. And um, the whole thing is is uh, is absolutely mind-boggling how, uh, how the American people are fed a bunch of baloney on a regular basis and really don't, don't do the work themselves individually to uh, to really get to the bottom of it, which honestly is why I'm thrilled that we do the National Crawford Roundtable, <laughs> just because we get mm-hmm. to talk about this kind of stuff. And Bob, right. you get to be the fact checker, and we get to talk about some of these things to help bring clarity. You know, and thank God for our sponsors. So let me just take a second to to mention Alliance Defending Freedom, who makes it possible for us to talk about these kind of things on a regular basis, um, to pursue truth, uh, and sometimes you know these issues relate directly to our personal freedoms as Americans. You know, patriotic. Americans, freedom-loving Americans, with a right to free speech and a right to raise questions about what's going on in government and with government agencies, etc. Um, I was, I don't know if you guys caught this, but I'm sure you're aware that Jack Phillips, the cake baker, is back mm-hmm. in the news. This is his, you know, case went to the U.S. Supreme Court. He bakes cakes for weddings and other things and um, serves all kinds of people, but he will not create a custom cake that expresses a message that he doesn't believe in. So, you know, for him and anybody else who does that kind of thing, uh, it's it's not about the who. It isn't about who is asking for this cake, but it's about the message. It's about what he's been asked to communicate. And some of the things that he's been asked to communicate in the past are in violation of his personal beliefs. Um, thank God that Alliance Defending Freedom steps in to say, you can't do that. So Colorado law continues. Thank you, John Rush. Colorado law continues, you know, to be used like a hammer over people like, um, Jack Phillips, um, but you know he has a right to say what he believes, and and not cannot be forced to say what he doesn't believe. And so the you know U.S. Supreme Court took up his case in the past, and Alliance Defending Freedom is defending him again. So um, activists aren't just asking Jack to abandon his beliefs; they're actually coercing him to promote theirs. And what about when that happens to you and I? So I'm just going to suggest briefly that we do two things. One, that we pray for people like Jack Phillips, and number two, that we support Alliance Defending Freedom. Um, They're incredible. They've won 14 cases at the U.S. Supreme Court since 2011. 
80% of the cases they've ever taken on, and they do everything pro bono so that people like Jack Phillips don't have to spend money out of their own pocket trying to defend themselves, which would be impossible. It would be overwhelming. So I want to encourage you to give today. They give us the opportunity to talk about these things, to represent you, and to and to stand for rights and freedoms that belong to all of us as Americans. So if you're interested, and I hope that you are, Right now, just go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the banner there, or you can call, if you prefer, 877-367-6461, 877-367-6461, or go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. But again, it's who's going to look out for the little guy. And, you know, right. perception matters, and thank God that there are people standing for truth and righteousness and freedom. Well, there are. And I'll tell you, folks, we're not going to be shy at all about asking you to partner with us, to partner with our our sponsors of this podcast, to give money for great causes. We do need to help ADF in in their helping of Americans. You know what else we need to do? You hear us talking about pre-born all the time, too. Uh, We need to have skin in the game, folks. We all need to. We, We need to save babies' lives. Roe v. Wade's been overturned, but guess what? Abortion's still happening. And don't forget, you can give right now to Preborn by just going to National Crawford or going to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn tab. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn, and you give what you can. Everybody, two hundred and eighty dollars will save ten babies' lives. It'll stop ten abortions. Think about that by showing ultrasound images of unborn babies to these moms. stops 10 abortions. Is that worth $280 to you? Not to mention the fact the moms are accepting Jesus Christ in huge numbers when they also let their baby live. So that's why we're asking you right now, go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn, give what you can, 280, 10 babies' lives. And look, we need some of you out there that are heavy hitters. God's blessed you financially. We need some of you to give $2,800 and stop 100 abortions. But we also need some of you to buy ultrasound machines. They're $15,000 a piece, and it's a tax write-off for you. It's also every dime that you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. Your legacy will be you stopped thousands and thousands of abortions. Is that worth that fifteen grand? And for everybody else, 280 bucks, 10 babies, what do you say? So CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the preborn tab, give right now. Or if you want to give over the phone, the answer to the phone's 24-7. That's right, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Call right now, 833-850-BABY. Just mention the National Crawford Roundtable when you call. As we continue our discussion about all things East Palestine and what's going on there. Uh, Roger, I want to ask you, Roger Marsh, of course, the bottom line out of California. Uh, your thoughts on the the attempt to try to pin this on Donald Trump. You know you're in trouble as a liberal when the liberal left-wing Washington Post fact-checks you and says, I'm sorry, there's just nothing that Donald Trump deregulated that in any way could be connected to the train derailing in East Palestine. But you know something? The Biden administration is still doubling down on this. Pete Buttigieg and Joe Biden are still doubling out. You turn on CNN and MSNBC, Roger, and they're still saying the same thing. And I just, it makes my eye twitch because, honestly, Roger, I, I think that the strategy here from the left is we know we're not going to convince conservatives of this lie. We know that liberals don't care. All we need to do is convince about 5% of people in the middle, swing voters a political people that don't pay attention to the news but just watch the headlines if we could just sway them maybe in 2024 it'll be like i'm not going to vote for donald trump that's the guy that 
deregulated everything and caused the train crash in East Palestine. All you need are just a handful of percentage of people to believe that, Roger, and you can swing an election. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, I've been following this on Twitter to see how it's being reported. And ever since Elon Musk took over, of course, was ruining the Internet by doing so. I Mm -hmm. say that in air quotes. The the fact of the matter is, if you watch MSNBC, that's all you need to know. I mean, MSNBC at one point, I think, during the 2016 election, actually tried to do a little more bipartisan reporting. Now they've completely gone all into what you mentioned. And quite frankly, uh, if you use the word apolitical with MSNBC viewers, quite frankly, I think they'd need to explain to them. I mean, and that's kind of the level of, of, of dialogue and discourse that we're having here. But yeah, absolutely, the fact that they can get away with it, they know that they can in terms of the way this is reported, is huge. And I want to follow up on something uh, John was talking about, the medical uh, challenges that people are going to be facing. And the long term, we're talking about how this is a 100-year type of situation. Mm-hmm. You know what's going to happen to people when they're facing long-term, I mean, all of us have, if our parents are still with us, um, you know, we know what it was like, or those who have you know, lost our parents over the past couple of years, we know, you know how expensive medical care was during that time. Well, now you're going to take what would ordinarily be just something like that in season. How many different states are going to be impacted by this? And how many people of different backgrounds and ages and things like that are going to be hammered with the need for long-term care and they're not going to find it anywhere. You know, one of the things I appreciate about Dennis Wilson, who's one of our new partners here at National Crawford Roundtable, when Dennis is 21, newly married, he was in the sales world and a very dear friend's family uh, experienced a loss. Dad uh, passed away rather tragically. Mom and two young kids were left behind with no life insurance. And he watched that family struggle and said, there's no way. I mean, he really felt compelled by God to start selling life insurance. And since then, that's expanded into financial services. And I think of somebody right now who's got a certificate of deposit in the bank, you know, a CD, as they call mm. them, and they've got a couple hundred thousand dollars in there. They're not making any interest. And the bank is charging them to have the, the money in there all the time. Dennis has created a CD alternative that not only doesn't go down in value, but it also provides long-term care benefits. And these are long-term care benefits that you can't get anywhere else. And I'm thinking about the people in Palestine right now going, oh, my goodness. I mean, can you imagine what it would be like to have that peace of mind to know if something this tragic or catastrophic happened and you needed long-term care, you could get it? I mean, but this is the thing. I mean, he provides financial alternatives for situations like catastrophes like this. And that's why I'm so grateful that Dennis is a part of the the National Crawford Roundtable right now. Uh, We've got a banner for Dennis Wilson and Wilson Financial Advisors up at CrawfordMediaGroup.net, or you can call them at 800-696-9970 to find out more about the CD alternative. Because, I mean, Bob, this is, it literally is life and death. I mean, Mm. we, we don't know how bad the ramifications are. And quite frankly, as more people are paying attention to what's going on right now, you can see how politically motivated this is. And something else I just wanted to say, well, I've got my soapbox out here. You mentioned the 71-29 split in Palestine in terms of 98% white, but 71-29, 71% for Trump, 29% for Biden. Mm -hmm. We have yet another example of the Democrat Party willing to railroad and run over their own people to advance a political agenda. 35% of Democrats are pro-life. And yet, what do you see? This is the most pro-abortion administration in the history of the world. America is becoming, in many parts of the country, now here the People's Republic. We have more more opportunity to kill children after they're born than they do in North Korea and China for crying out loud. And this is what's spreading. Gavin Newsom might be on the ticket for the Democrat party in 2024. They continue to railroad it, just run over steamroll, whatever uh, euphemism you want to use their own electorate 
to get their own agenda. The fact that they are willing to run over 30 percent of the the people of East Palestine who voted for Joe Biden and his guy doesn't care. I mean, it tells you everything you need to know. I guess this is our weekly insert for why would a Christian support the Democrat Party? This is exhibits number 99,944 and following. It's it's Well, you know who gets you're so right, Roger. You want to know who gets railroaded probably the worst of all? African-American communities in this country by the Democratic yep. Party. Look at what the Democratic Party is doing. First of all, through abortion, okay? I mean, come on. You got over 70% of Planned Parenthood clinics in minority neighborhoods uh, to this day. You have the Democratic Party that fights against things like uh, – uh, school choice, for example, school choice programs. Why? Because the Democratic Party is in bed with the powerful teachers unions. Teachers unions help the Democrats get elected. So therefore, uh, let's let's throw by the wayside. Let's sacrifice children's education of poor inner city kids so that we can keep on staying in power thanks to the teachers unions. So there, uh, you get soft on crime policies. Hey, let's defund the police and let's have low bail and no bail policies and let's get people back out on the street, which by the way, Lori Lightfoot, uh, good riddance in Chicago. But these are policies that hurt when you're soft on crime and you let criminals back on the streets. When you weaken the police and strengthen the criminals, you know who gets hurt the worst? People that live in high crime communities. Who lives in high crime communities more than anybody else? People of color. Minorities, African-Americans, these are the people that are being hurt by the Democratic Party policies, not to mention economic policies or perpetual poverty. And so – but Democrats know this buys them votes. That's how they maintain 90 percent of the black vote by hurting the very people that they're conning into voting for them. And, you know, Neil, I I just – I think Roger's absolutely right, Neil, that I just don't know why Christians would be voting – Democrat with who today's Democratic Party is. And we're not even talking about transgenderism on steroids and all the other kind of crazy stuff that they that they do. What's happening in East Palestine is just the latest example of you cannot let the Democrats be in charge. They will sacrifice whoever they need to sacrifice to stay in power. And if it doesn't benefit them at the ballot box, then they just don't really care. I would argue we're seeing that on full display in Ohio. Yeah, and you know, I I was thinking on a you know side sidebar to the, what you're describing here. I was thinking about like Pete Buttigieg and what qualifications he brings to the table as transportation secretary. Um, he was the mayor of South Bend, I think, and yeah, you know, South Bend, Indiana, population of a hundred thousand. That's it. Yeah, well, okay, so now he heads an organization with sixty thousand employees and a budget of like ninety million dollars. What qualifications does he have to be transportation secretary? All I remember hearing when the Biden administration proudly announced that he was going to be the secretary of transportation was um, that he was openly gay. And, uh, you know, his admission, Pete Buttigieg's admission, is the hardest thing he's ever done in his life is try to raise twins with his uh, with his partner. So uh, um, I don't I, I guess what I'm saying here is is we're talking about an agenda um, the effort of the uh, Democratic Party to push on the American people and an ideal. It, this is about worldviews, is I guess what I'm trying to say. Ultimately, it's about worldviews. And when your worldview is to kill unborn people, to not care about little guys, and to simply enact your own progressive liberal agenda that strips Americans of rights and freedoms, then I think the American people need to, to see that for what it is and stand up and oppose it. And I would invite anybody who's a Democratic voter 
to take a good hard look at what your party actually stand for stands for and and say is this really where my heart is at you know examine the word of god and say let's take let's go line by line through the democratic party platform and say is this consistent with a worldview that supports uh, the truth that we find in god's word um, right. it isn't so yeah i'm I'm with you 100%. I think it's very questionable that anybody who would call themselves a Bible-believing Christian could vote Democrat. And I'm not saying that the Republican Party has all the answers. There's some things there that are pretty disappointing as well. But when you only have two options, I think you got to choose wisely. Yeah, you do. You know, John, I'm curious to get your take on, on Pete Buttigieg specifically. As Neil was talking about Buttigieg, it occurs, something occurs to me here, okay? This guy has the ultimate ultimate job security he's like he's like a college professor with tenure you can't get fired because if you're openly gay if you're a gay man who's a hero and champion for everything lgbt the only way you can get fired is by the people as they did in chicago but by the government by the biden administration think about how inept Buttigieg has been leading up to this point. Remember the supply chain crisis, all those cargo ships offshore, the trucking bottlenecks in this country, empty shelves in the stores, families couldn't get a formula. You couldn't buy half the things that you wanted to buy because the shelves were empty because the trucks can't get there and everything else. He's in charge of transportation. Anybody else would have been fired a yep. year ago, but Pete Buttigieg is openly gay. He's a poster child for everything LGBT. To me, that's the ultimate job security. We've got about 30 seconds. I'd love to your final word on that. He'll still collect his half a million dollars because he makes $221,400 a year. That is very, hmm. really secure to your point, Bob. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, I know. You know, it's just it's it's really wrong because— And by the way, he's about as inadequate for that job as you could go find. I know. And it's funny, too, to think about how he was the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, 100,000 people. Nobody talked about whether he was unqualified for that job. However, Sarah Palin wasn't qualified to be vice president when she was the governor of a state. All they did was focus on how she was the mayor of Wasilla. Well, okay, but that's not the last thing that she was. You know, I mean, let's face it, Barack Obama was a community organizer and a junior senator when he first announced. So the Democrats right. are like, we don't care about quality. All we care about is how do we get power? Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, take some blood pressure medication. Listen, I want you folks to know how much we appreciate uh, you listening to this podcast. We really do. We want you to know how much we appreciate you supporting the sponsors to this podcast, okay? Whether it's Dennis Wilson, whether it's Alliance Defending Freedom, whether it's Preborn, you still have a chance to give to Preborn right now if you haven't yet to save these babies' lives. Again, just go to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on the Preborn tab, and you can give right there, crawfordmediagroup.net. And don't forget, Everything you give to preborn goes to fun, to, to ultrasounds. That's it. Not a penny for overhead. So $280 will save 10 babies' lives. That's what we're asking you to do. $280 one time save 10 babies' lives. These women choose life over death if they see an ultrasound image of their baby. That's what preborn does, shows the ultrasound images all across the country to these mobs. So do that now, please. And you can give over the phone too. Call 833 850 baby 
And just mention Crawford Roundtable Podcast when you call 833-850-BABY. You can listen to previous episodes of our podcast at crawfordmediagroup.net. Also, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you listen to your podcast. We welcome your five-star reviews. We appreciate you folks uh, giving us those reviews. Let people know about the podcast. Uh, we continue to grow an audience, and we thank you all for that. Uh, and you can also watch video of our podcast if you want at myhopenow.com. And we look forward to next week. And, of course, John Rush, Roger Marsh, Neil Boron, myself, Bob Duco. Guys, always great catching up with you. Thanks a lot. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Thanks guys. You Have bet. Take care. Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. And by Alliance Defending Freedom, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. Your generous financial support makes it possible for Alliance Defending Freedom to defend religious liberty, the sanctity of human life, freedom of speech, and marriage and family in America and around the world. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF logo to give your financial support. And Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Wilson Financial Services logo to learn more. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app and look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This has been a Crawford Media Group production.